0: Our passion didn't start with the mouth, it started with people, with the well-being of the profession, and if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness in all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is, burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to The Dental Handoff, this show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on the tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of teeth. And let's get honest, the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner, oh, and uniquely I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with other experts in the field, I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I am your hostess, Dr. Kelly Tanner, RDH, and I'm so excited that you all are listening here with us today. Guess who I have with us? if you've not met her, you need to. She was a gem of a find when I was in the Boston area doing a study club series. This is my friend, Heather Miller. Heather, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Hi, I am so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, she, um, you know, those people that you run into just and the coolest thing about life I think is the unexpected friendships that you can that you can have just by sometimes common interest brings you together and sometimes it's that it's a difference in opinion too right and heather attended one of the it was one of four part series up in Boston. Was doing a a line study club on vit- revitalizing your career, and so she attended all of those. And I got to I love the level of questions that Heather was asking for her team, and you can just tell that people looked up to her, and that she's a true leader in her in her practice and in the profession. So that's why I said. Hey, Heather, do you want to come on the dental handoff? Because I think people really need to know what you have to say. So thanks again. And Heather, I always start with a question of um, what drew you to dental hygiene? Like why did, why did dental hygiene choose you?
1: Well, first of all, that was a really flattering intro. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, But dental hygiene, um, I fell into dental hygiene just kind of randomly after dental assisting for many years, which I think a lot of people find on the job trained, uh, dental assisting jobs, which aren't as common anymore. Um, But um, yeah, I came back from going to school on my parents' dollar the first time around at University of New Hampshire, and I got a degree in business. I wasn't really quite sure what I wanted to do with it. And I got home and I worked in some offices and I just wasn't really feeling it. I wanted to have more people interaction one-on-one. And so I, in the newspaper that says how old I am, right? (laughs) I found a job in the newspaper for an on-the-job trained dental assistant job. And I gave it a shot. I was like, I don't really know much about it, but let's see how it goes. Um, And I really loved it. Um, I liked the hands-on Um, component getting to know the people and I did dental assisting for probably 12 years Uh, during that time I was really lucky to end up in a fabulous office that was kind of ahead of its time in the 90s Um, they really integrated a lot of technology they really valued all of the staff um, with expanded functions encouraged us to get our Danby certifications and um, They really gave me a passion for continuing education and striving for more. So after doing dental assisting for a lot of years, um, I think like a lot of us, we wanted more autonomy with our patients. We wanted more of our own schedule, one-on-one with the patients. Um, And I started considering going back to dental hygiene school. So I started talking to some of the hygienists in my office, what their lifestyle was like, and uh, if they liked their career, and all that stuff. Um, And they all loved it. They loved the flexibility of it. and they like that one-on-one interaction with their patients. Um, so I started taking prereqs at night while I was working full-time as a dental assistant. And that took about two years to get through that. And then I applied to Middlesex Community College in Lowell in Massachusetts. And um, I started hygiene school. And uh, it was hard. <laughs> I thought it was, you know, I knew it was going to be challenging from all the stories that I'd heard from everyone. but. Um, And I thought the dental assisting was really going to help a lot. But after those first couple of weeks, you're right in the thick of it with everyone else learning instruments and everything else. So the only comfort I had was knowing how to manage patients maybe a little bit more than someone who had no dental experience prior. Um, But yeah, so made it through Middlesex and um, got a great job at a really nice office, fortunately, right out of hygiene school. And I was there for about uh, 11 years, I think I was there. And I started at a new office post-COVID, and I've been there for about three years. So that's my journey right now with de- with dental hygiene. Yeah, that's awesome. So are there... Are there a lot of skills, you said that some
0: of the competitive edge that gave you and provided to you, because I know some of our listeners are maybe not dental hygienists, perhaps they're thinking about dental hygiene school, they're an assistant, and they're in a different level or different stage of their career and considering doing something else moving on. So would you say that being a dental assistant helped you in a lot of ways prior?
1: I would say that it did as far as like getting to know what the dental office was like. Um, I think that maybe shadowing in an office, even if you're working at the front desk, just to kind of see if the vibe is something um, that you would find enjoyable. Um, you know, and I'd say post COVID world is a little different, obviously than pre COVID world. Um, but I think there's no harm in going into hygiene school, cold Turkey and not having any experience. Um, but if you don't really know much about it, maybe shadowing, in an office for a little while, uh, and definitely asking people that are in the business already, hey, do you want to meet for coffee? I'd love to like hear about what your life is like and what the job is actually like, so you know um, what to expect from a career as a hygienist.
0: Absolutely. That networking piece is so critical, and it's something that I probably didn't even think much about until I was probably like two years graduated from hygiene school because you you can become so myopic and so focused on what it is you're doing and meeting the requirements and all the things that that once you graduate, it's like okay. And how do I reach out and connect? So with that though, too, Heather, you've had the opportunity. I know that post COVID, when you went to your newer practice, just because I know the doc that who you're with and who you're part of their team, um, I know that you're using. Technology, which can be a big stressor to some team members and hygienists, tell us about your your journey with the tech and what that's what that's done for you as a professional.
1: Well, we we're talking about specifically introducing um, the Itero, or you know, the the Itero into hygiene. Um, the hygiene position, um, which was newer for me. Uh, offices that I have been at in the past, the doctors solely used the scanner, um, and it was only for the doctor to do impressions. And I was always curious about it. I was like, how does that work? I'm like, can we use that in hygiene? What can we do with that? Like, I want to play with the toys, you know. Like I always had that, like I wanted to, to do it. Um, and at my newer practice, uh, she really wants us to use the scanner in the hygiene. Um, rooms. Um, and I have to admit, at first, I was like, how am I going to find the time to do this? I was like, I've got a million other things I have to do. I've got perio charting, I've got, you know. A health history, blood pressure, all those things that we have to do. And I think we all feel a little stressed already with how we fit the time. And then waiting for the doctor exam as always, you know, um, but uh, we had some really good trainers that came out and helped us kind of figure out how to incorporate it into our schedule. Um, and we practice on each other regularly um, to get our speed down. Cause the scans, you can take your time if you have time, but ideally you want to kind of speed up your scanning um, so that you have Um, Enough time to do all the other things that you need to do during that hour appointment. Um, So, our digital adoption specialist, Elizabeth, came out and she helped us kind of pinpoint where would be good points to introduce the scanner into the hygiene appointment. Um, So, we alternate it with x rays. Um, So, if you've already got your x rays, the next appointment would be a digital health scan. We call it the digital health scan. It's a nice way to kind of phrase it for the the patient uh, because they always think it's x rays. And I always have to explain it's not x rays, it's just another component of our exam. And patients are always kind of like, What's this technology? Like, they get really interested in it. Um, and so we find the time to do that. Um, and I actually like doing it instead of doing intro photos. Um, I've been at the practice for a while, so a lot of the patients already had um, intro photos, and adding the scanner component to it just takes it next level. Um, so features that I really love about it is that if you've worked with the 3D scanners, you understand. But if you don't, um, I love that you can really hone in on where recession and erosion is so that the patients can really see it. You know, when you're talking to a patient and you're like, you have some recession and we've got some erosion here. And they're like, yeah, you know, they, they just don't get it. But on the 3D imaging, you can use different software that's in there that highlights the areas and then also the tracking. So I love the tracking. I'm getting into my second scan with my patients, uh, where we do a new scan, whether it's a year later, 18 months or 24 months later, and you do a new scan and then you can overlay the two scans and you can really show the patient like in a year, this gum has receded so many millimeters. You might need a gingival graft or something like that, you know, a referral out. Um, and Patients kind of own it at that point; like they can really see it. Um, so I love that technology. It's been really great.
0: Yeah, it's easier for them to see because they. I find that they can't. They know what one millimeter is, but when it's in your mouth it's a big deal and people don't know how to take that and put it in the mouth. They're like, Oh, it's one millimeter. Who cares? You know, but when you show them, Heather, just, this is what I love about friends is that do you guys ever get those random pictures from your friends? Just, Oh, I love this. Or have you ever seen this before or whatever it is? I get this random picture from Heather with the before and after just of the patient. And it shows the progression of the gingival deterioration and I don't know how, I can't remember right offhand, Heather, like how far those images were apart, but it wasn't even
1: a year. It wasn't even a year. And what, I mean, I saw what one and a half, two millimeters of change in that area. And the patient was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that. And I was like, this hasn't even been a year, you know, that opened the discussion for, you know, clenching and grinding and, you know, whether, you know, the bite might be contributing to these recession areas. So it just opens a lot of conversations. Um, you know, which is really nice when you're talking to patients about different treatment that might, they might need. And it's hard for them to understand why the ortho may be a beneficial treatment, not just for cosmetics to help with other, you know, other things that are going on. So the technology, once I embraced it and I really was like, I'm going to master this thing. Like I was like, at first I was like, Oh, I'll do like one scan today. And then I was like, I'm like, give me that scanner all day and I'm going to attack this thing and I'm going to get it down. Um, so I, I just kind of competed against myself with that. (laughs) So that was your strategy. Yeah. Like getting the timing down, making sure I fit it in
0: there. And yeah. And then, so you were talking about it takes um, multiple times to get fast, just like anything else. It takes multiple tries to get any, get anything and perfect it.
1: And it didn't sound like that you let that discourage you and get in your way. No, not at all. I mean, definitely a couple of times I was like, ugh like, I hate this thing now I'm behind, you know, but um, it's, I think it's, you know, patient case selection too. Um, And in our huddle in the morning, we identify patients that would be good to try a scan on something we've been talking about with patients, you know, whether it's, you know, clenching or grinding or recession areas that we've talked about, maybe a referral to the periodontist, Um, we'll identify those patients or areas where a patient might have an easier appointment and you might have a little extra time at the end. Uh, that's a really good one if you're just learning the technology because you have, like, a little wiggle room. We all know those patients that they take the full appointment time for just, like, you know, everything else. (laughs) Um, Or the people who are really receptive to learning about things, they're the great ones to practice on because they're going to be your biggest cheerleader too because they're like, oh, you did a good job. Or, like, that was really cool. And then you get, like, those little, like, pats on the back that you need to, like, get the next one. (laughs) So what would you say, Heather, is
0: your would be your strategy that if, if a hygienist came to you and they said, you know what, and they sounded just like you when you started this and you, yeah. they said, I really don't know how I'm going to find time to work this device and to my, and into what it is I'm doing, what what kind of advice would you give to them?
1: I would definitely say, um, identify patients. This will make your life easier and more enjoyable when you start learning it. Um, And like I said, identifying patients and the times that would be less less stressful for you to try to implement it into an appointment. And then once you start getting better at it, you'll realize that you can actually do a scan in five minutes and under. So my goal is five minutes. Um, I would love to have a three minute scan. Sometimes that's great. Sometimes they're seven. Sometimes they're a little bit longer if the patient's struggling. But I think my average scan is about Four and a half to six minutes long. And when I think about that, it takes me almost that long to do x-rays or interval photos. Um, and it's just another great component. So I definitely would say identifying the proper patient to practice on, um, looking ahead through your day when you have less stressful appointments. Um, and then also you can practice on your teammates too. We did that too. So that helped us. So people could be like, oh, that was a little uncomfortable. You might want to try to rotate it a little bit. So getting some basics down so you feel more confident when you're going to do it.
0: 100%. Yeah. And too, I find that scanning yourself is is very helpful too. <laughs> if you scan, if people are like, how do I do it? I'm like, start by scanning yourself. That way you can feel that it's not uncomfortable because many times people will say, well, it's bulky. It's this. It's like just you know, position your jaw a little bit differently, just like you would already tell the patient to do that. So what I'm hearing too, that it's practicing, it's being intentional about the scanning. And then Heather too, it takes, um, it takes quite a bit of leadership within the practice to be able to do this. And you, you work with other hygienists, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. And and so how do you all work as a
1: team to make sure that it gets done for the patient? Um, We help each other by wheeling the unit into the operatory. (laughs) So first of all, in the morning, we do try to identify patients so we know when each team member is going to use it, including the doctor, because the doctor needs it for her appointments for scanning for, um, you know, impressions. Um, so doctor is priority, obviously. And then um, between the other hygienists and myself, uh, we do help each other out and the assistants do help us as well. We'll kind of grab anybody in the office. Fortunately, we have a messaging system so I can message, is the scanner available? And then if they say yes, if I don't have time to break, I'll just be like, can someone bring me the scanner, please? <laughs> and we work as a team. It's a, you know, it's a group of seven of us there. Um, and we all do it because we know it needs to get done and we help each other. There's there's no hat that someone else, we all wear the ha- different hats um, just to make each other's life easier. And I think that's really important. And that's part of the leadership. It comes from, um, you know, wanting to help your coworkers. And also it comes from the top to our doctor expects, expects us all to help each other. Um, she doesn't let any of us off the hook when it comes to getting things done, um, but not in a, you know, not in a bad way. Like, you know, how there's going to be looking for the scanner. If someone's got a minute, can you bring it to her so she can get that done? That I think that that type of leadership, you know, expecting everyone to help each other out is is very beneficial. And then
0: you, uh, you and the other hygienists too. I mean, I'm hearing that you're finding that it's a critical piece of your conversation from day to day with your patients. And so, what happens if you? But here, here's the question I'm trying to ask. So, our consultant practices, and it's they find excuses for not using it. Oh, it was tied up. Oh, the patient had to take a bathroom break. But I I think that, and, and, and those things are true, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And as long as we're making excuses and not finding a way to make it happen, then it can always be an excuse instead of taking action. So how is it that you all overcome that challenge?
1: I actually like using it now. It's something else in my you know, my stuff that I do during the day. So I'm excited to do scans because it's something different and um, it breaks my day up a little bit, you know, and gets me some excitement to do the scanning. Um, I think you have to have a willing and can do attitude. Um, You know, we talk about growth mindset and adding new things. Um, You know, I'm sure when we all started using the interroll camera, it was something that we were like, Oh, I'm never going to find time to do that. Right. Or, like we know a patient needs an FMX and you've just got to find the time to do it. Like they need it done. They need perio charting done. We have to do it. Um, and although scanning isn't legally required, um, it is a very important part of the patient records and case acceptance and treatment planning. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Does that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, it does because I mean, what
0: I what I think I hear you saying too is that because you've embraced it and you see it as part of your care plan for the day, right? And it's it would be the same to me as not having a probe. It's a part of my assessment. It's a absolutely part of what I do for my patient, and then also too, the patients absolutely love it. They love it. They, they, I love you. they just, they get so excited about the fact that you're looking out for them and that you have this new tech and that that's their mouth on the screen. Yeah.
1: They're like, oh my gosh, what is this stuff? And then they do it. They're like, oh my God, that's, so cool. that's so cool. And they're like, can I take a picture of it? <laughs> they like <laughs> want to take a picture of their scan because they're so wowed by it. Yeah. Um, and they're like, I've never had a dentist do anything like this before. It gives value to you. To your office, honestly, because they're going to go home and they're going to tell their friends, have you had this scan thing done? Because, you know, they all talk about their dental appointments when they leave. Yep. All the ladies get together and they're all talking about what they had done and who they see and whether they like that dentist or that hygienist. For sure. Um, so I find that it's, you know, people really, really enjoy it.
0: And then it's on their camera roll because they've taken a picture. And you know, we're all looking <laughs> through our camera roll and scrolling it's like, oh, hey, did I show you my mouth? Look at this tooth. It's so weird. I never thought teeth look like that. This
1: is yeah. those are fun party tricks. Cause and they're always they're also always so wowed at like um the bird's eye view, you know, looking down because they don't really see what we see when we see the rotation and the crowding and the calculus build up. Um, and when you show them that, like, you know, considering clear line of therapy, you may be able to have less risk of periodontal disease because we'll make things cleaner and straight, easier to care for. Um, I always focus on that versus the cosmetic side when I'm 100%. talking about therapy. Mm-hmm. Because when
0: your teeth are in malocclusion, it puts the, the patient, all of us at risk of accumulating more biofilm mm-hmm. and it traps the harmful bacteria, which we know can lead to periodontitis. There's tons of studies on that. It's a secondary contributor to periodontal disease, which it sounds like too, Heather, you bring that in to the oral systemic link. Is that correct?
1: I do. Yeah. Um, We talk a lot about the oral systemic link um, and we're we're considering introducing saliva testing and all those different cool things that are coming up. There's just so much awesome stuff. I just got back from RDH Under One Roof. So I'm like super pumped right now. I took a lot of really great classes and talked to some really fabulous people. Um, So I'm like really amped. I mean, I saw you at RDH Under One Roof. It was like, it's just it's so great. If, if people have not on RDH under one roof, they really need to go because it's just, I was definitely feeling like a lot of other people, a little bit of burnout. I hadn't been to any really like, I've done a lot of CE online, but there's nothing like being at the, at the exhibit halls and talking to people. And it's just exciting. It makes you excited again. I, I and mean, I assume you feel the same way. I, oh, for sure. I mean, there's nothing, I, I
0: love an online course, but it doesn't take the place of it. It's nice to be able to fit it in and it's nice for convenience, but there's nothing like a hug if that's what you're choosing to do right now. Hugs yes. and just catching up with people and putting your eyes on someone in person, just being like, hey, oh my gosh. And just that whole experience.
1: It's, it's, you can feel their frequency, I think a little more clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um yeah so i was really excited about um you know introducing more technology when i got back to my office um so we'll see how that goes but you know in baby steps just introducing so the team doesn't get overwhelmed either because when you put too much stuff on it at once people get overwhelmed because we are struggling you know we're struggling to a lot of people are struggling at home they're working from home still um and they've got kids, most of the kids are back in school, but I think it's been a hard couple of years. So I think to overload anyone with anything right now is just, you get to do baby steps with, especially with technology.
0: Yeah. So you're, um, um, you're saying too, that to bring it in baby steps. So is there like a, is there some kind of magic solution that you
1: have for that or that you, that works for your team? Um, we usually have a meeting about what we're going to be introducing. So we talk about it when it's coming what, what the expectations will be. I think setting up clear expectations of what the technology or the systems coming in, um, what the doctor expects, um, from us is really great. Um, because if you know what's expected of you, you can't fail, right. If things are very clear. Um, so introducing, um, something that's good to kind of give the team, a, uh, you know, prepare them for the things that are coming in and then make sure they have the training and the support that they need. Cause if you don't have the training and like, especially with the iTero, uh, if I had, if they just said, start scanning and we didn't have someone come in and help us with it, there's no way I ever would have been able to do that or give me tips and tricks, how I, to incorporate it into my daily schedule. Training um, training's really important. Um, keeping a really positive attitude, about this stuff too, because we can all be like, oh my gosh, another thing. But most of it's pretty cool. I mean, I think it is, but.
0: Yeah. I think that, you know, back to your, back to your point too, about how do you even get started with the team? Because many times it's the, it's the lack of communication or the need for more communication around basically anything, you know, in it, we're such a close knit group, um, in the in an office setting like with mm-hmm. you you're seven you said and so with that communication is highly critical of saying okay is right hand talking to the left hand what do we expect um, what is our kind of like what's our ramp up for it when will we implement it? what do we do to troubleshoot it how do we get trained? What do we need? What else do we need to feel supported? Because I think that that's what the team needs most is to feel like they are supported when you're coming into something while you're there. And then and, and then know how to also that someone, if you're ex- if you're experiencing difficulty in the middle of a procedure that someone can save you and to say, ah, I got,
1: you know, on your messaging board or your team. Yeah, has, I, I mean, we're lucky we have the messaging board because if I was like solo in a room, I'd be like, help. <laughs> There's been plenty of times where I've been like, okay, I cannot get this area, or I'm struggling, or um, I'll, like, fortunately, I can message my doctor and be like, I'm really struggling to get this. Can you come in and, like, help me with the final part of the scan? Um, and sh- it's just very easy. It's easy. No one gets reprimanded if you struggle with something. We kind of make a lighthearted joke about it. Um, and that's the learning process, right? None of us are perfect at anything. We all... You know, I think if you just kind of take a lighthearted atti- attitude towards things um, and you're determined to learn, um, you can laugh about a lot of the, the things as long as you're not hurting someone, you know, obviously. Right, right, right. Um, you know, we're not going to be perfect the first time we do something. We, we make mistakes. It's it's hard to do some of, some of the things that we do. there, And that's why we need people who are mentors and can share tips and tricks that they've learned. They've already walked that road and they can share it with you. I love helping people as far as that goes. You know, you have a new dental assistant or someone in the office and they don't know where something is, help them. They, you know, we don't know what we don't know. Um, And I think that's, I really like helping people. Um, And I like when people help me. And I think this is the type of industry that we're in we're all leaders in some, some regard. Right. I mean, I think in this profession, um, a lot of us, you know, really want to help people and that's why we go into it. Right. Cause it's healthcare. Um, so yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I mean,
0: it's, it, it's, it can be overwhelming when you think of it because many of us get hung up in doing things perfectly and it's like, oh, yeah, we got to do it perfect the first time because we compare ourselves to other people, whether it, whether it's in real life, whether it's on social media, communities, softball games, at the pool, whatever. We, we have a tendency to compare ourselves to, am I doing this right? Uh, why is it taking me so long and if you get in your head about it too much and you just say okay focus focus on doing the best you can, yeah. you can do get that feedback and get that support for what it is it you know that you need not the next person needs i mean you got to put your own oxygen mask on mask on first you know yeah. before anybody else so i'm hearing that uh, to kind of summarize what you've said heather it's sounds like that this um That the team communication by the doctor, kind of like from top up to bottom down, bottom down to top up, is a big deal for your practice. It's what make it makes it work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We know what our expectations are. Um, You know, day to day, we know what the doctor would like us to do, and if we can do it, that's great. If it's a little bit challenging, we tried. You know, Um, there's yeah, absolutely. Communication is huge, and like I said, doing that morning huddle and identifying what needs to be done at certain appointment times so that we're not, you know, stepping on each other's toes, but we can also grab someone's hand and help them too.
0: Yeah. What what gets planned gets done. Right. right? And that's exactly what you're doing in the morning. You're being intentional about your plan for the day. So plan for the day. And then two, it sounds like your third one is probably, you know, be open to learn and know that you're going to figure it out.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a little th- side note is that I do water pick education. I started that nine years ago. And when I started with the company, I had total imposter syndrome. I was like, who am I to be doing this? Who am I not to be doing this? You know, like, um, but you just try and there are people to help you and you have to be open to learn, open to try. Um, and there's a lot of really awesome things in dental hygiene, in the dental community, just in general. Um, so, open to try for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, it's a, so you said something that you said,
0: uh, who am I to do it? Well, who are you not to do it? I love that. Exactly. Cause other people are doing it. <laughs> I'll give it a go. <laughs> but you know what I found being a public speaker is that people innately want you to be successful. They want to see you show up, do your best and support you because I don't know about you, but if it's ever, I remember one time when I was speaking in front of, um, 150 dental students at University of Tennessee Health Science Center. We were like in this different building and I was coming in. My flight was late. All the things that could have gone wrong wrong with travel is fine. But I didn't have water. And my mouth was so dry and it was hot. It was in Memphis. And these students, they saw that I needed water and they were just like, can I get you some water? They wanted to see me successful. So they want to, because that's who we are as professionals. So think of it that everyone sees you, wants to see you successful succeed, and will be there to support you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you did that for me. I mean, I met you at the Align um, meeting, and I just went up to you and I asked you, um, you know, I was like, I introduced myself to you. And I said, would you have some time to connect after? I'd love to hear your journey, how you ended up where you are. Um, and you were so gracious. You were like, I'd love to do that. Um, and I think that that most people are happy to help and most people are help, but happy to sh- share, share their journey with you. Um, because we were all at one spot and, you know, we're trying to get somewhere else and I'd like to take someone's hand and help them get to where they want to be. Um, and you did that for me and it's just, it's, it's just kind. It's really nice. Well thank, you. well, thank you. I mean, this is, this is
0: who we invite in our lives, right? And it's about that, that those people who were, we know that you can always reach out to, to tell you that something's maybe not the best idea, but maybe there's a better idea and maybe a blind spot that you're missing. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm so happy to have connected with you. And uh, if if anyone wants to be connected with Heather, if she wants to, if you want her to mentor you, Heather, how (laughs) do they get in touch with you? You're going to have
1: like a fan club. Yeah. Well, I'm on LinkedIn, obviously, Um, Heather Miller. Um, and that's probably the best place to reach me. Um, or if you want to send me an email, it's H Miller 100 at me. Um, yeah, definitely reach out. Um, I like to give back cause a lot of people have given to me and it's, it's been a great road. I love, I love what I do. Um, and I just want to keep continuing on the journey, um, and growing and learning and being open to learning new things.
0: Yeah. There's so, there's so much, there's so much good that we can do with our degree and our passion for mm-hmm. serving and, and helping people. So, well, thank you so much for being on the dental handoff today. It's been such a pleasure getting to see you in this way. I mean, yeah. it's like, I feel like I saw you almost every month for a while there and I was like, no, I know, see yeah. hey, Heather. <laughs>
1: Get our little, um, time after the meeting. That was nice. Yeah. Yes, so. absolutely. Well, everyone, thank you for joining
0: us and Heather, thank you again. And if you wouldn't mind doing me a favor, go on to Apple podcast, give us a five-star rating because you loved us so much. It helps the AI know who we are. So you yes, thank you for- <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, everybody have a great evening, great day and keep doing all the good things and you're important and you matter. Be well.
1: Thanks.